0: Am I the asshole for requiring a cash deposit to come to Thanksgiving dinner and uninviting my sister and her husband because they refuse to pay it? I'm going to be vague because I don't want this to turn into a political debate because it's not one. I'm hosting Thanksgiving this year, and everyone is excited. My house is in a warm location near beaches, so everyone in the family is excited to get out of the cold and dig their toes into sand. My family is large, and as expected, we all fall under different parties of the political spectrum. We might not agree with each other on some issues, but we treat each other with respect and love. That is, except for my sister Carrie and her husband Bob. They strongly believe in their politics and view anyone who doesn't agree with them as being wrong and need to be taught to be correct. Even family members who are in the same political party are wrong if they're not 100% in agreement on every issue. Every get-together turns into a heated debate with them on one side against everyone else, even with the people who vote as they do. Frankly, it's exhausting and life draining to be in the same room with them. To head off any political debate this year, I included in the invitation email a ban on political discussions and a request for a monetary deposit of $500. I picked this amount because everyone can afford it, but I wanted it to be a painful loss if they lose it. I stated that this money will be returned at the end of the night if politics are not discussed. Whoever brings up politics will lose their deposit. Everyone agreed and sent me the money, except for Carrie and Bob. They replied that it was stupid, and they don't have to pay a deposit to come to a family gathering. I answered, since it's my house, it's my rules. We went back and forth until I got tired of it, and uninvited them. I'm here because they have children who will be affected by my decision, and my parents are trying to talk me out of it. They want to see all of their grandchildren, and they think it's cruel to prevent Carrie's from coming. They even offered to cover Carrie's deposit, but I firmly told them no. No. Am I the asshole for requiring a deposit to come to Thanksgiving? Edit for more info. Number 1. Sorry, all. I was trying to stay under the word count restriction, TG equals Thanksgiving. 2. Everyone paid, and Carrie is better off than some who did, so there are no what-if-they-can't scenarios. 3. Only my parents are staying with me. Everyone else is renting their own lodgings. The Thanksgiving dinner will be 7 to 9. People can come earlier to help and hang out and stay later to help clean, but they can also come for only 2 hours. 4. I thought about banning them, but like I said, there are other people in the family who are in their political party, and that might look like I'm banning that party. That's a ripple effect I don't want to see. I thought that the deposit is best because they'll either pay and shut up or not pay and ban themselves. Now, if you're worried that I'm going to take this in a cheesy potato, dad joke kind of direction, I am. Carrie and Bob sound like a couple of turkeys. Stuffed with drama fuel. Gobbling up debates. And bringing with them two pounds of buttered bullshit. One stick of emotional exhaustion. Mashed hopes that no one gets drunk this year. And a dinner roll. Just one more thing to fight about. Oop. Can't forget dessert. There is no dessert. Argue some more. In all seriousness, I think your idea is brilliant, and I love it, and that's really all I have to say. The last thing you need right now is one more argument. Happy Thanksgiving. Good luck. Am I the asshole for calling my wife unreasonable for backing out of spending Christmas with my family after my mother rejected her cookie sample? Context. For every holiday, my mother would ask the women in the family, my sisters, sister-in-law, my wife, my female cousins, to send samples of the desserts they planned to bring to the celebration for testing and to see if these desserts could make it to the food menu. My wife has been complaining about my mother deliberately rejecting every dessert sample she sent. So many times, my mother has told her that she's being honest and keeping the guest's best interest at heart. Yet, my wife still thought that my mother is deliberately excluding her since two of her dessert samples were rejected before. For this year's Christmas, my mother is doing the same thing, but this time she told every woman who is participating to make a cookie sample and send it to her for testing. My wife took it as a challenge, and to be honest, she worked really hard to make a good sample and sent it to my mother days ago, and the results just came in yesterday. I came home from work and found my wife upset. I asked what's wrong, and she told me that my mother rejected the sample she sent and decided to exclude her baking from the food list slash menu for Christmas this year. I didn't know what to say, but she then told me she was backing out of the invitation to attend Christmas with my family. I was stunned when I heard her make this statement. I tried to talk to her, but she said it was done. I called her unreasonable to decide to bail on the whole family over some cookie sample. That's just freaking crazy and quite unreasonable. We had a full-on argument about it, and she stated that my mother caused this. But I told her that my mother is pretty serious and careful about the food she offers to the guests since we are going to have relatives coming from all sides of the country. She told me to stop mentioning it. Later, I heard her cry. Despite telling her that her baking is amazing and people have preferences, that's all. Am I the asshole for insisting that her decision was unreasonable? Info. If you're asking whose cookie sample made it to the menu, the answer is my sister and my two cousins. Info. Few things to put on here. 1. My wife wasn't the only one whose sample was rejected. We have sister-in-laws, brother's wife, and my younger sisters. Two, my mother did not force anyone to participate. It was up to whoever wanted to take part. Three, this is just about the dessert, since my mother tends to be very careful on this category, but for other types of foods, dishes, appetizers, salads, stuff like that is welcome, as she stated update great so i just got off the phone with my brother and he told me that his wife is doing the same thing as my wife and that she has decided to back out of the invitation to spend christmas with my family as well turns out my wife must have told her about her decision and she decided to follow her lead my brother is pissed saying my wife is encouraging his wife to do this i see that the problem has just gotten bigger now who knows my younger sister might join in and decide not to go as well I don't know how this got out of control so quickly. I guess we'll try to have a discussion with my mother about this soon and see how this goes. Oh my god. Oh my god. Oh my god. Oh my god. Top comment here. So correct me if I'm wrong, but for years and years your mother has demanded that all the women, why not men too? In your family, send in samples. For years and years, your wife has tried her hardest to appease your mother, had pushed herself to the limit, and has been left completely and utterly demoralized each and every time by a humiliating tradition enforced by the holiday tyrant. And even worse, her shame was publicly put on display each and every year, as other family members would no doubt notice that, once again, her food was not chosen. Finally, after producing something she was unbelievably proud of, she was once again left embarrassed and most likely deeply hurt as she was deemed not good enough for yet another year. This is the straw that broke the camel's back. And she decides she has had enough of her humiliation and that she will not give her cruel mother-in-law the satisfaction of seeing her discomfort on such a big day. She makes a boundary that many would have made a long time prior. And her husband tells her she was unreasonable for setting up boundaries? Dude, come on. You know you the asshole. I would 100% agree with that statement. I'm trying to see is there any way that makes this okay? What if the mother-in-law is Rachel Ray? Someone who is like super serious about cooking and takes it super seriously um, and has for us muggles unreasonable standards. Even then, would that be okay? I still don't think it would be. That's just a massive amount of control for one person to institute on a family, and maybe that's okay in some part of the world that I've never been to. Something that does strike me odd is that OP is not phased by this at all, which means that it's the world he grew up in. This is a complete difference of worldview. OP has been indoctrinated into this over a long period of time since birth, so he knows no different. And I would say that there are customs within families that are like that for everyone. Not to this level. This is a massive amount of control being exerted by one person. Somehow, she's created like a Rachel Ray gladiator show where her underlings compete for her affection. But OP's wife knew that or she wouldn't have wanted to play the game. So, I uh... It's not okay. None of it is okay. But it also seems like a very complex family situation. And if this is a worldview slash cultural thing, then ain't nobody got no answers. Am I the asshole for giving the silent treatment after my girlfriend's son spilled in my car? This posted by user scrotum. No shit, that's the name. I got a new car earlier this year, and it's the first big item I've bought for myself. It's my baby, and I take good care of it. This weekend, I had to drive to town B for work. To get to town B, I have to drive through town A, which is where my girlfriend's mother is. So my girlfriend asked if I can give her, my girlfriend, and her son a ride there to visit her mother. We left yesterday, and before leaving, I reminded both her and her son of my number one rule. No food in car. She said whatever, agreed, and we went off. On the way, her son complains about being hungry, so we stop at a gas station and the two of them go off to quickly grab and eat something. After about 20 minutes, they come back to the car both holding slushies. I stop them and tell them that they can't drink that in my car, and she says they can't possibly finish it fast enough without making us more late, and that she wasn't even willing to do that. This resulted in a back and forth of arguing, and the ultimatum was to leave them there or to suck it up. I gave in and let them in, cautioning them to be careful. After about 30 minutes, her son drifted off and dropped the melted slushy all over the back seat. I yelled, and pulled over to clean it up. After cleaning it up, I got back in the driver's seat and just drove. I was bloody livid, but knew fighting or arguing over this wouldn't solve anything. Still, I was in no mood to talk, so I just remained silent for the rest of the ride, only giving short answers when spoken to. I dropped them off at her mother's and kept driving. When I reached my lodging, I saw a message from my girlfriend calling me dickhead for giving them the silent treatment and making her son feel like shit over an honest mistake. Am I the asshole? This is like the third Kobayashi Maru I've seen this week. There's no winning here. There is no winning here at all. And it's only because your girlfriend knew your rules and didn't care about the rules. I understand where you're coming from. There was a point in my life whenever I had time to give more of a shit about keeping everything nice and tidy in my vehicles that I was anal about it as well and had a no food rule. And when that rule was in place, it was worth it. And the kids just knew that they weren't going to eat in the car. By this point, they were also big enough to where they weren't like in toddler mode needing snacks and with a toddler, like everything's getting destroyed anyway. So forget about it. I don't don't yet know how old girlfriend's son is which brings up an important point we don't know how old the girlfriend's son is he could be a toddler and if that's the case number one probably shouldn't have had a slushie by himself in the back seat anyway but i'm guessing that he was older than that because otherwise they would have had to install a car seat in this vehicle anyway so let's say he's i don't know when do kids stop riding in car seats now i should know this i've got a gaggle of them when do kids stop riding in car seats The internet says 12. 12 12-year-old spills a slushie in the back seat. They probably should care. They probably should feel remorse about it. However, the mom is at fault here because she knew the rules and she advocated for the of the rules, and then bad shit happened because the rules were bent. Broken. In that moment where she pushed against those rules, she showed a lack of respect for something that you really care about. Being anal about your car being clean when you have kids is just a really hard thing to do. So one side of this coin is, look, if you're going to be dating a girl with kids, you just need to get used to your car getting destroyed. That's an inevitability. Depending on the ages, but still, just accept it. If kids are involved, that vehicle ain't going to stay clean and this side of the coin is she showed zero respect for your boundaries the severity of that offense depends on how strongly you feel about those boundaries if it's a deal breaker imagine you will never be able to enforce rules about your vehicle again now are you okay with that if not it's something you need to bring up and probably need to have that battle to determine if this relationship is going to continue or not if you're willing to have a messy car for the rest of your life because you love this woman that much and her kid that much then just Accept it and learn to let it not affect your happiness, as difficult as that may be. Let us refer to the Ascon scale. I'm going to say that OP is Ascon 4 here. I'm not going to say that what he did was wrong. The way that he did it could have been softer. And I'm only thinking about the kid's sake here because I don't know how old this kid is. But regardless, could have approached it differently and probably not yelled and then pulled over that could have been approached softer and ascon 4 for as a reminder is you probably could have approached that differently maybe you're an asshole maybe you're not it's like you're an, a half asshole you're either just an ass or a hole i don't know which part of the word you are but you're like half an asshole that's what askon for four is not quite all the way there your girlfriend however let's see where she lands here ponder on this we must Her disregard for your boundaries is an ask on one move. In the context of this single event, she was an ask on one. Those are alarm bells. That's just this situation. That doesn't speak to how she is in your relationship as a whole. So that could be a completely different story. Regardless, you've got a battle on your hands here, and I think it all comes down to how strongly you feel about your boundaries. Not just the cleanliness of your car, but your boundaries, period. Am I the asshole for asking my mother-in-law and sister-in-law to leave mid-wedding dress shopping because they didn't respect my no-phone policy? I'm sure the title paints me as a bridezilla, but I hope my background can excuse the no-phone policy. Long story short, my fiancé and I went through a serious health scare when we weren't sure I was going to make it down the aisle. When my doctor gave me a clean bill of health, we immediately began planning for our wedding because the wedding almost didn't happen. One thing that really mattered to my fiancé and I was that we really got to experience the magic of the wedding we almost didn't have. One of those moments was a first look, where my fiancé expressed that he really wanted to be surprised by my dress and have a moment to take it all in just the two of us. He said he's always wanted to see me as a bride. We made this very clear to everyone who went wedding shopping with me, and they all knew the reason why. I was super concerned about my mother-in-law specifically because she had already previously forwarded inspiration images of my dress to my fiancé that I had sent to my bridal party for reference. My fiancé was upset. They had a talk and everything seemed okay. Because my mother-in-law said she did it from being too excited and it didn't seem malicious, I decided to extend an invite to the actual dress shopping with one rule. She had to give her phone to my maid of honor. She agreed, but the day of, my mother saw that she took my sister-in-law's phone and sneakily took photos. I told her to stop, and she got defensive. And we ended up fighting to the point where I asked mother-in-law and sister-in-law to leave. I feel like they betrayed my trust and ruined what was supposed to be a special moment. My fiancé is on my side, but the rest of his family thinks I was being too dramatic over one photo. I think it's bigger than just the photo, and has to do with my trust. But now the two sides are split. Was I the asshole? Nope, not at all. I'm not going to have a lot of feedback for this because it's really, really simple. You created a boundary. You clearly communicated that boundary. She agreed to that boundary. She broke that boundary. It's all there is to it. It's not about the photo. It is 100% about respect. And she displayed a big old middle finger to you and what she thinks of your rules that's a larger sign to how she's going to behave for the rest of your life so better you find out now love that your fiance is on your side but there is a path here where you and he end up happily married only by going no contact with her that is a possible path here so be ready for that. Hopefully she's big enough to understand the oopsie daisy that she made and apologize for it. It's going to take some heavy groveling to come back from this one, though. So I hope your bar is high for that as well. The more she has to work to earn it, the higher the chance of this not happening again is throughout your life. So stay firm to your boundaries, and I wish you the best. Your mother-in-law's an Ascon one, though. Fair warning. Am I the asshole for refusing to help my sister with her house purchase and telling her and my stepfather that it's because of how they treated me as a child? I'm 29 female. When I was about 10, my mom married my stepfather. I have an older brother, Luke, who was 15. My stepfather had Amy and Ada who were 12 and 11. We didn't come from a privileged background. My mom was a minimum wage worker and my dad was absent. Our stepfather had a very good income. Their deal was that they wouldn't combine finances and they would each contribute equally to the household. And then each takes care of their children with their spare money. That's not a good start. So my mom never had anything for us. and My stepfather was spending big on his kids. This included holidays, which Luke and I were excluded from. Stepfather would pay for mom, but not us. Luke and I also shared a room, even though Amy and Ada had their own rooms. And we had a guest room because stepfather insisted that he was paying more towards the house. So my mom's share would only get her one room for the kids. This guy seems like a class A dick. Luke and I were constantly teased for this situation by the three of them as we grew up. My mom always said that we should be thankful because if it wasn't for our stepfather, we would not be living in a nice home in a good neighborhood. Yeah, Harry Potter. Anyway, Luke and I became determined to be able to take care of ourselves so that we wouldn't need to take nonsense from anyone. We have both done quite well with our careers and finances, and we are in a very good place. Since turning 18 and moving out, my relationship with the three of them has been very limited. I wouldn't call us friends, but we can exist peacefully if we were in the same place. I visited my mom recently, and my stepfather mentioned that Amy wants to buy a house now that she's pregnant. Is this really another Amy? He asked me if I'm able to help out a little with the deposit. The house is 500k, and she needs a 150k deposit. She has 100k so far 25k on her own, 25k from her mom, and 50k from her stepfather. He was asking if Luke and I can help cover the extra 50k, and he said he'd pay us back as part of the inheritance eventually. I said no. He insisted that Luke and I both own our houses outright, and with our incomes, we should be able to help. I said whether I can or not is irrelevant. My answer is no. He reminded me that Luke and I each gave 10k to our cousin for buying a house as a gift. Amy is my sister and he's offering to pay us back. I said that was our choice then and this is my choice now. He insisted that we should be willing to help our family out if we're able to. I replied back like how you helped me and Luke when we were kids. Everyone just got quiet when I said this. After a while he said if we went back in time he'd have done things differently. Treated all four of us equally. I said, that's good of you. But it doesn't make you entitled to my money now. He said he knows he's not entitled. That's why he's asking and promising to pay it back. I said the answer still is no. Not entitled to a loan either. My mom later told me I could have turned him down without being an asshole. Or bringing up childhood. Which he already feels guilty about. Am I the asshole? Hell no. Not on our ASCON scale at all. But I really want to know how good did that feel. To be able to tell him no. How good must that have felt to be able to to tell this person who was just a straight dick to you as a child that they can't have your help? Bravo for setting boundaries and sticking to them. And you know what? You couldn't have turned him down without being an asshole because he kept pushing. If he hadn't pushed, you wouldn't have got to the point where you said what you said about the childhood. But he pushed and pushed and pushed. And well, if you push hard enough, you're bound to find an asshole. What he found was a picture of himself and his life in which he has been a giant dick and an Ascon 1. Whoop. Flip that meter over. I'm sorry that you had to go through this. And I am so happy. Don't even know you, but I'm proud to see you thriving in life and having boundaries and having a real sense of self-worth. Cool. Good story. I'd love to read a thousand like these. Amy in this story gets by semi unscathed because she grew up with a dick of a dad, so she didn't know any different. Um, she's still an asshole because she's part of this whole thing, but, oh, and because she teased the other kids about her privilege as, um, as she grew up as well. So, yes, she is an asshole, but the main ass of this story is the stepdad. I the asshole for not allowing mother-in-law to babysit my kids and wasting her whole day. The other day, my babysitter canceled, and I really needed someone to watch my younger two children so I could take my oldest to a birthday party. No younger siblings allowed, but parents had to stay. I was pretty desperate as I didn't want her to miss out, so I called mother-in-law. I knew she was probably at work still, and I accidentally video called her instead of regular, but she answered and didn't seem busy. I asked if there was any way she could leave early, very flexible, no, she doesn't lose any pay, and watch the kids. Mother-in-law said she had a client coming in and couldn't. I said, I totally understood. Then her boss ripped the phone out of her hand and told me she must be confused. She doesn't have a client and she isn't doing anything. So of course she can leave early. I was immediately uncomfortable and heard mother-in-law mutter, fuck you. He said mother-in-law would love to babysit. He can see it in her face. And then he was like, oh, she is so excited. Mother-in-law took the phone back and had the fakest smile. She said that she had the days mixed up and she can come over. I said, no, clearly she doesn't want to. I don't need her pity and my kids don't need to be around someone with an attitude she said I was being childish and she would come over she hung up I was furious and ended up getting someone else mother-in-law showed up right as I was leaving and told me it was fine she could babysit but I snapped at her and I told her I'm not a charity case and I don't like her attitude she called me childish and I told her to get out of my driveway and my kids don't even like her as she's fake and has bad energy she realized I was serious and got pissed she said I shouldn't have called her then I'm ungrateful and I wasted her whole afternoon my husband absolutely had my back and bitched her out. So, comments reveal an interesting angle here. From Just Sort 6370, her boss is the asshole. Whether she lied or not is not the issue. She doesn't owe anyone her free time, and her boss should absolutely not have got involved. From Most Beautiful Cat, mother in law's boss is a bully, and OP made it worse by becoming hostile while mother in law was being bullied. The classy thing to do would to say within the boss's earshot, Oh no, I forgot I actually had another babysitter. I guess we're both forgetful today and said your goodbyes. Okay, I get that, I get that. And in this isolated incident, maybe. But it also seems like a snapshot of a much larger picture here. And that is mother-in-law's feeling about getting engaged with the children or that family at all. Clearly, she's just not that kind of person. Her boss stirred up a whole pile of shit. And he really is the villain of this story and the asshole of this story. I don't think anybody handled this well, though. This could have been communicated much more clearly. I don't know how. I don't know exactly what words would have needed to be said on both sides of the fence here. But there was a way to communicate through this because really the boss is the big dick. So what ended up happening was you both bucked up. And at that moment, you were both just ready for battle. It's hard to find a solution when you're ready for battle because you're not looking for a solution at that point. You're looking for a fight. So deep breaths. It's a shitty situation. Sucks to find out that your mother-in-law doesn't want to watch your kids, but that's all it was. Past that, I think it was a misunderstanding and miscommunication on both parts. It's salvageable. Don't count on her for watching your kids because now you know she doesn't like it, so you can move from that. So, let's see here on the Ascon scale. That would put you at an Ascon 3. You probably should have approached that differently. Not a huge asshole for it, but could have communicated through that differently. I understand why it was insulting and I understand getting puffed up, but she did the same thing. So it's just hard to find a solution that way. And there is one possible. Am I the asshole for eating alone in a different room at my boyfriend's parents' house? For many years, my boyfriend's parents have had us over for brunch, lunch, or dinner. They have a nice deck with an outdoor table and chairs and use it to eat or hang out. The thing is, it has to be a freezing temperature before they will concede and eat in the dining room. I've had to sit on that deck many times trying to eat my food while I'm shivering, even though I'm wearing layers. Last week, we went over there for brunch mid-morning. The outdoor table was set with plates, etc., I had my layers on again, but I was cold. When we were outside, I noticed the thermometer read about 45 degrees Fahrenheit. The food got cold quickly, and I decided I had enough. I told them as nicely as I could that I was too cold. The mom turned to the dad and asked, Well, should we pack it in? The dad, scooping food into his mouth, said, "Nah." It's not too bad out here, and kept on eating. Nothing more was said, not even from my boyfriend. Everyone kept eating. So I apologized sincerely that I needed to eat inside, gathered my plate, napkin, silverware, and glass, and went into the dining room. I finished eating before they were done, and since I was warmed up, I went back out to the deck while they chewed the cud and finished up. I could feel tension, and no one talked to me. After we left, my boyfriend berated me in the car for being rude. I agree it's not the best thing to do, but I had put up with this for a long time out of politeness, and I think their behavior is nutty. That's nutty behavior, that is. Sure, after years of this, I should know better than to go over there with my boyfriend if it's a cold day. I do it to be a good girlfriend and daughter-in-law. Another comment from OP. That reminds me. The dad keeps the hot water heater off and turns it on when he wants to take a shower. He thinks hot water sitting around will result in wasted energy when it's not used. I mean, yeah, there's some loss, but not much. Even my boyfriend thinks this is extreme. The mom hates this. The mom turns on hot water for her showers too, but yeah, that's what he wants. No hot water for dishes. Also, the mom spends six days a week at their country cottage because, one, it's smaller and easier for her to get around, no stairs to climb, and two, so I can have all the hot water I want, she said. I've never encountered someone with this quirk myself, but I can see how it would be difficult to maneuver. I wonder if they don't have inline water heaters where he is, because that would be, you know, the immediate solution to everything. But let's assume not, because it doesn't seem like that's an option here. So, it's odd, and you finally created a boundary. The only issue I take with the approach here is that if you knew it was likely that at some point this was going to happen, you needed to warn the boyfriend. the boyfriend probably could have helped smooth things over or get things changed ahead of time so that you didn't end up in the situation in the first place. You created a boundary, but like a lot of people do, they wait too late. They wait till the pain is extreme to create that boundary and it ends up creating an altercation instead of a communication that could have smoothed this thing over and made it happen over several instances instead of all in one moment. And that's what happened. This became a moment. I don't know how old the original poster here is, and I don't know how old the boyfriend is, but it sounds like the parents are older, and the mom's preference to stay in the cottage where it's easier to get around... Kind of leans that way for me. Mom obviously has her thoughts about it because she stays somewhere else six days a week. I mean, obviously it's a problem with dad. And dad has his quirk. and you're unlikely to change dad's worldview here, but you might suggest an inline water heater. Then he might love you forever. You could be the savior of everything. Well, that's just water though. In general, he has this preference for cold and likes to stay outside until there's not sickles dripping from everyone's nose. So he's just one-blooded. He likes the cold. You know what I mean? Guy's got to cool off sometime, huh? Eh? But you drew a boundary. This is just a, a clash of preferences. Next time, communicate this ahead of time. Not next time this specific thing happens. You know, who knows where this goes from here. If a uh, boyfriend feels strongly enough about what you did and you feel strongly enough about your boundaries, it's going to take some masterclass discussion and communication to be able to survive this. So good luck with that. But in the future, you could avoid finding yourself in this kind of situation. If you just start communicating your feelings about things, ahead of time. On the Ascon scale, you are actually an ASCON 3. You're a bigger asshole than I thought you were. And that's because you probably should have approached that differently. And that's what I meant by having a conversation ahead of time and, you know, attempting to advocate for this change instead of doing it all at once. You should have approached that differently. You're a wee bit of an asshole for it. So learn and apply that new knowledge and skill to the next time. And stay warm, eh? Can we try something new? Let's look at the relationship advice subreddit and see what we find there. Fiance 36 female didn't want to sign a prenup with me, 33 male, got inheritance, now wants prenup. A little background here is that I make around 250K a year. My fiance makes around 65K a year. We've both been divorced. I asked for a prenup protecting my existing assets, two rental properties worth around 400K together, my retirement account, my house which i live in existing savings accounts and just sentimental things i offered to pay for a lawyer for her and make anything earned after the wedding fair game in a divorce split in my previous divorce my ex took a lot that i had even before we met each other and took a lot of things with sentimental value just to hurt me I floated the idea of a prenup, and she was not okay with it. It hurt her feelings, and she said I was planning for a divorce if I want a prenup. She had this idea that we would marry, and everything becomes ours. We've been dating for four years, and had very few bumps, so I don't see a super high risk of divorce, but I do acknowledge it's there. Anyways, I love her, and I said sure. Fast forward a couple of months, her grandma abruptly died. Wasn't expected. Grandmother was quite healthy before, had a heart attack. Apparently, the grandmother left the entire estate to her, worth roughly 800k. Now the tables have turned and she wants a prenup protecting these assets from me, which I was fine with, but she doesn't want to sign my prenup in return for that. Her reasoning is that her grandmother wouldn't have wanted her wealth to leave her direct family and that there was a reason it was all left to me, and not my siblings or parents, and that the prenup must not have been important to me because I threw out the idea after minimal pushback. I'm at a loss here. In one regard, I'm glad we had prenup discussions because it brought up these sides of us, but I'm really wondering if this four-year relationship that has been full of nothing but love and support for each other until now is even salvageable. She's not willing to budge on her own prenup like I was, and I'm finding this whole situation very frustrating. This seems like a real pickle really a real one this is the biggest pickle i've ever seen that's a bluey reference sorry this is a follower submission so thank you very much for submitting this into us we love getting these kinds of things so let's take a look at some of the top comments on here this one from designer memory says maybe highlight the fact that she said that a prenup meant that there was a plan for divorce Ask her how your request is different from if you planned on keeping your wealth and assets and your direct family too. A compromise will definitely be needed from your fiance. Don't budge on your prenup. It's reasonable. She should understand where you're coming from, especially since she seems to feel the same about protecting important assets. If there's hostility because of the prenups, it's definitely worth waiting until it's resolved before moving ahead with the wedding. One thousand percent. So either there's a, a, a resolution that is found here or there's not. I mean, that's. That's the fork in the road, right? Either you guys figure this out or you don't. And like you said this whole situation bringing out the sides of you is something that is important because sooner or later you're going to see sides of your significant other that you didn't know existed in the wine and roses phase. So, uh, thank goodness for that. It obviously is necessary because she's finding it necessary to protect her side of things. And with an inheritance, I understand where she's coming from, but I understand where you're coming from as well. The fact that she doesn't understand where you're coming from, if nothing else says to me that she views her assets as more important than yours. Her assets are emotionally significant to her and she doesn't understand that yours are as well. And I'm sure that you've already done this in conversations, but drawing that connecting line to say, no, these things are important to me. That thing is important to you. That's why we protect both of them. If she is not willing to allow you to protect anything, but wants to protect things herself, you're starting off with an extreme imbalance in this relationship. And you know, while no relationship can ever be perfectly balanced, this is a pretty important one to get right and to find balance in. And if she's not willing to let the scales balance in this situation, then definitely don't get married yet. I don't know that time solves the problem here. Maybe a break. If it comes to that, I hope it doesn't come to that because money money ruins things. Right? The lack of money ruins things too. The whole subject of it. The greed that comes out of us just ruins a lot of good things. And I think that's what you saw with her right here. Uh, your fiancé transformed into Gollum, you know, and all, all it took was her grandmother passing. So, now she has the shiny ring that she'll do anything for. Which, by the way, let's follow that pattern for a second. If she'll do anything to protect what's hers, does she even want to be with you anymore? And maybe the fact that she's sticking to her guns so much means that she doesn't. Maybe she thinks she doesn't need you anymore because she's got this whole freaking $800,000 estate to her own now. Does she want to still be with you? I might ask that question directly and say no. Look, now that you have this, do you even want to be with me anymore? How has your vision for the future changed because of this $800,000 inheritance? It has to have changed. It would change anyone. How did it change? And are you in that vision? Kind of sounds like you're not. I hope you are. But this would force her to say, yes, I want you in that. And then if that's the case, it's pretty easy. Okay, if you want me to be in that, we have to balance the equation right now. I'm allowing you to protect. You allow me to protect we move forward, walking down the aisle. If she's not willing to do that, then I don't think her, her vision of the future includes you, man. I'm sorry. That's it to find out now. But hey, maybe since she has this $800,000 inheritance, if you guys do get married, she's less likely to take everything that you own. Because she's got her own. It's a shitty way of thinking, but it's something you have to account for. Good luck. Godspeed to you. Now we're going to have to come up with some kind of relationship scale. Like we have the Ascon scale, the scale of assholery, we need to come up with something that is uh, the scale of likelihood that this relationship succeeds. I'd feel like a terrible human being for creating that. I'll have it done Thursday. Hey, Dusty Thunder here, and I wanted to thank you so much. I hope you enjoyed that content, and if you did, please make sure to like, subscribe, and most importantly, share. Also...